This is Matt Alex. I'm founder of Beyond Academics. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my friend Brandon Straza with The Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey everyone, we've got Matt Alex, founder of Beyond Academics. His company is changing the face of standardized education by who you have access to through different styles of teachings using an original Netflix-type platform. We get into standard versus self-education and how the world and value around them are changing. If you want to connect and learn for the future, you're going to want to check this one out. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do this, we have got the founder of Beyond Academics, Matt Alex. Matt, welcome to the show. Good to be here. I'm excited to uh, have this great dialogue with you. Yeah. And when people realize that they, they jam with your message and the value that you're bringing, whether it be from a consumer or from academia, because we're going to get into that because you serve you know, a different type of clientele per se, what's the best way for them to reach out to you through social, personally? How would you like them to reach out to you? And we'll have it in the show notes as well. Yeah. I mean, the best way is just to go to beyondacademics.com. Basically, you can you know reach us that way. Of course, you can find me on Matt Alex inside of uh, LinkedIn. That's a really good way, as well as our uh, Beyond Academics LinkedIn uh, page. Yeah, we'll keep it easy. You know what? Keep it easy. Keep it simple, and go from there. So, let's let's dive into this. And I, I, I want to say before we get into the questioning, I'm I'm really excited as I talked to Matt before we started the the show that. We have similar missions, visions, and, and what our why is, as you know, Simon Sinek, as you mentioned, you know, what's your why? But at the end of the day, I'm looking at it from a self-education and you're looking at it, how to move that brick wall from a standardized education. So just know what you're about to hear today, I am really stoked about. So let's dive into this and, and let's talk about how we learn, which is, is something that you're really passionate about. You know, when you and I were younger, we learned through textbooks and teachers, you know, the, the people around us. And eventually that became our friends, family, and coworkers. And the reality is that only gives us a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Yeah, it's a great question. And to be honest with you, I think some of my passions and why I'm in higher ed comes from my journey as a student. You know, I, I wasn't a straight A student in grade school or high school, even early parts of, of college. And it wasn't because I wasn't capable. It was just the way that I was being taught. I didn't really learn that way. Uh, when I got to college, I started to really understand, hey, I think differently. I absorb information differently. I have, uh, in the stuff that I teach, I talk about five learning chemistries. There, we learn visually, you know, there is uh, contextual, the written context of it, experiential, you know, and then being able to even drive our learning through uh, speaking, 
You know, all these things are really important elements of it. And we really need to be able to allow students to absorb information in the way that they learn. So first things I always say to schools that I work with is, is your content, you know, in a format in the learning chemistries that are there, right? And how do you do that? And so in a traditional classroom, it's contextual and there's just one one way dialogue in most cases, right? And yet a lot of people don't absorb that way. And that's an important piece. And not only learning chemistry is also part of just being in the workforce. Even when you're learning in a corporate setting, there's people who need it in an Excel spreadsheet and there's people who need it in a video, right? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just different way of absorbing information. And, and I think that is what you will start seeing more in the market, both in a corporate setting as well as in higher ed, is this, these different learning chemistries coming into play. And what I'm hearing there is you're meeting the people on the playing field they want to be met. Do they want to be met auditorily, visually, verbally? But then you're finding the platform with where technology, and we'll get into you know what your company is... Uh, you know, taking on. And, and it's, it's, it's a huge thing. You're, you're moving a mountain, which is, which is brilliant and it needs to be done, but you're meeting the people. Why was it important for you to meet the people where they want to be met? Well, like I said to you, I know that my learning experience wasn't as, as I would have liked. Right. And I know that a lot of people spend a lot of money on how they get educated and there's something wrong and even in that dynamics at this stage. So part of this is being to be able to give access to people who need to learn. That's an important element of it. I believe that getting value for what you're learning fit for purpose. You know, I'm a criminal justice major and everyone just defaults that Matt Alex is going to become a juvenile detention guy or he's going to go and become a, a cop or he's going to become a pre-lawyer. Like, no, you know. A major does not and should not default you to your career. And so part of why I believe that we should meet people where they are is their journeys are different. Everyone's journey is different. My daughter, who's about to go to college, her journey is going to be different. You know what? And I want her journey to be tailored to her need. And I think that's going to be an important element. My son, who's 12, his journey is going to be vastly different when college comes in because that by that time, the constraints that we see in time frame and, and the way that we get educated are going to be much different. We're not going to see the 16-week courses as you move forward. You're going to see these micro-learnings as you start to really start to tailor the education, which becomes on-demand and becomes global and everything else that comes from that. Yeah, and you're, you're segueing literally into what I wanted to kind of go into next, which is, you know, we have more ways today to take in information than ever before. Yes. Some people learn from mentors, other from accountability buddies, some from masterminds, some from, you know, online courses, traditional standard education. There's so many ways to take in information today. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you find them? Yeah. So I learn from people who are not telling me what they're teaching, but they're showing me where they're going, right? My co-founder, Joe Abraham and I, you know, we think differently. The way that he looks at things is different than I. I want to learn from him. 
He has a much more entrepreneurial mindset. I come from a very stogie, higher ed kind of mindset, right? So it's a very interesting element. Joel, who is my other partner, looks at branding and innovation around the messaging. So I want to learn that. So even in, in Beyond, it isn't, even though the message probably starts with me, it is wrapped around people like Joe and Joel that really drive it. Now, there are people outside of even my company that I learn from. There's a gentleman by the name of Steve Hatfield at Deloitte who I work closely with. You know what? When I listen to him and I hear about him, he talks about future work. You know what? And the great thing about it is he speaks to it because he's passionate about it. And I learn from people like Steve Hatfield. There is Simon Sinek, right? So Simon Sinek talks about the why. And I will believe, and I believe the why is the one reason why I'm really passionate about what I do. I understand my why. I understand where I want to go with the why. And I want that why to be the reason that people follow me. Like, I believe titles aren't the reason why people should follow you. It shouldn't be because I'm founder or I was a, a partner at Deloitte. That shouldn't be the reason why you follow me. You should follow me because I have a vision of where I'm going and I'm going to tell you what that vision is. And I want followership. Followership is where leadership comes into play. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'll go to my old days of of banking and everyone had a title. Everyone was a EVP, executive vice president of this. And really it doesn't matter. I've got a coffee mug that sits there and says janitor of the broom closet. I don't care what you call yeah. me, but the value and the legacy that I leave is really what I'm looking, you know, looking back on to, you know, move towards the future. So yeah, I, I, I love that message. I call that title inflation, yes. right? So you can, there's every, everyone and their mother is a VP of something, right? And now it's just inflated that, so a VP means nothing anymore. When I was growing up, a VP meant something. A VP means nothing now other than there's a title that authorizes me to have a dialogue with somebody else. To be honest with you, I can make up any title I want. Like I have a founder title. What does that really mean? In the end, I need people who are going to follow me, whether it says I'm a director, a manager, a clerk, and driving. So titles really don't make that person. It is really about what they do and how they, what they talk about that drive the passion to people. And I think that's the, that's the one thing that I really focus on is, am I doing the right thing that, where people want to follow me? And I hope that's happening in, in my work, in my writings, in my thought. So yeah, it's, it's an important piece. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, leaders aren't, leaders are born, but, le you know, it, it takes training and it takes time to become that leader. And, and I always sit there and say, I want a result leader, not a thought leader. My six-year-old can get up and he's got a thought, but I want to see what those results are. So let's, you know, moving on, a lot of people, they get stuck and they don't know how to execute what's inside their head. There's a saying where you can't see, you can't see the, the, the tree through the forest, something like that. Okay. So recently, or we're still going through a pandemic and I feel that it's, it's causing a reset and how we're able to accomplish things. And you and I have talked about this a little bit before about how, what we're building on different sides was actually created and, and came up with before there was a need for it before the pandemic. How have masterminds or coaching or courses or you just like the, the people that you've surround yourself with, how have they helped you reset when you're trying to figure out how to get unstuck? 
Yeah, so I'm a big believer in order to really transform, you need different thought and thought leaders in around the table, right? They need to look different than you. They have to have different ideas than you. And that's what really should be a driver as you move forward. So when I'm looking to make myself well-rounded, I'm looking for those thought leaders, whether it's Dr. La, uh, Paul LeBlanc from Southern New Hampshire or Dr. Lombardi from Maryville or Joel uh, Matthew in my company or Steve Hatfield, they all are different. If you put them in a room, they all have different ideas. They have different thoughts on where they're going. They believe in different philosophies. You know, and, and being able to absorb that is really important. If I had if I had five Matt Alex's and, and I only had my followers sitting in my in my round table, I won't see the transformation that I think needs to happen. So sometimes those thought leaders that are sitting around it put you in uncomfortable conversations. It makes you start thinking, am I doing the right thing? And I think that is what you need to be really transformative is to sit in discussions where you are a little bit uncomfortable in what you're doing. Wow. That, that word getting uncomfortable. I was on a conversation with someone yesterday and that's their biggest thing is how do I get you uncomfortable? And I had a saying years ago that I, uh, that I believe I came up with at least, which was comfort kills. The minute you become comfortable, you're not going to see what's coming. You're not going to think ahead. You're not going to try to actually change. You're just going to sit there and take par for the course. So that is a common thing that the word getting uncomfortable of the people that we have, people like yourself keep coming back to. So let's get into standard and, and self-education because they've been around for a long time. Education has been around since the dawn of man. And I see that there's a, a really large boom of self-education happening over the last five, 10 years, especially with social media going the way that it is. Where do you really see standard and self-education go for education going forward with what you're doing right now? When you say self-education, I call it the educational marketplace. I believe the education marketplace will be how we will uh, navigate the knowledge that we really need to have instilled in us. I believe that knowledge is the asset that universities and colleges are really the dis disseminating the knowledge is their asset, right? And right now, those assets are built into these 16-week kind of courses, right? And they're limited to who can afford those courses. So what you will see in a educational marketplace, you will see the unbundling of those courses into topics that allow for people to consume it in the manner that is right for that student body. And then you will start to see that more people, because we are teaching in, in a micro learning kind of concept, you will see more people disseminating knowledge. So that the top person that knows AI could be what we all learn from. And then all of a sudden, two years from now, another person who knows AI around sociology becomes the person based on ratings and so forth. So I believe micro uh, learnings within an educational marketplace will be how universities will stay relevant in market. Because right now, a 16-week course is a one method of how uh, knowledge is disseminating. We have to become a little bit more like Netflix a little bit more in that ecosystem. And that's going to be a driver as we move forward. Yeah. And again, you just, you continue to help me go into what I want to, you know, what, what I'd like to talk about next, which is 
when someone invests in their, their future, they have a better than vague idea about what they're going to get. We have some expectation of the people or the education in your case, that's going to be in that room from a, a, a user is really where I'd like to talk about this level. What should people expect? What should the user, the student expect when they enter your reality with what you're building at Beyond Academics? Yeah. So when you think about a user, so when I when I talk to universities, I always say you have to design around a student-centric mindset, right? Who is the learner? How do they learn? Where do they learn? All that's going to be an important piece. So when a student is coming into an any educational setting, it has to be fit for purpose. It has to fit, the, the program should fit them, their way that they learn should fit them, and where their careers are going to come from should fit them. So there is a fit for purpose element that every student, when you're spending thousands of dollars, you know, to twenty to $30,000 in education, it should give you a tailored, personalized, on-demand world. And I believe it shouldn't cost you forty thousand dollars. It should be less than that, if, if that makes sense. Like those are things that we're going to really need to, to take a look at. And that's what I believe the expectations are going to come when the Googles and the Amazons start to say, we don't need a four-year degree. I want this type of person with this type of knowledge, this type of personality, this type of exposure to inter- engagement, all that's going to become a big part of it. And that this is where the unbundling comes into play. I'm a big believer that universities and colleges are still needed. I still believe that there is a role because I'm, I'm a product of that, right? I couldn't go through Google and just learn Google and, and how to code or how their structure is done or learn Amazon, you know, web services or whatever. I needed the interaction between people. I needed to be challenged. I needed to go through my criminal justice courses. That's who, who I am. And it's because of that experience that I had in campus, in classroom, being challenged at times when I needed to be in uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. I mean, I love everything you're saying just because you and I, you know, we're on the same page and the unbundling, you know, that's, that's the big thing. Like back in the day, it was like, Hey, how can I bundle this service, that service, that service? And the reality is it it took away our choice. It took away what we really needed. And, and Google, they're coming up with it where they have a few classes that you can do online to learn coding or whatever it is. And then with what you're doing. So the next one that I want to go into, I want to take it actually from the academia standpoint, from the college standpoint, and who we're looking at, we're talking about. So I feel that people or organizations have a way of surprising us, you know, whether it's their willingness to change in what you're building, um, their drive or how they want to actually accomplish something. The company that you've put together is creating that change in the, in, in the traditional sense. Has any of the colleges that you've worked with, have they surprised you and what they've been able to accomplish because of what you and your partners are building at Beyond Academics. Yeah, so I, the first one I would tell you is is one of our clients. It's Maryville University in St. Louis. You know, Dr. Lombardi, who leads Maryville. If you have a discussion with him, you understand the why. You understand where he's going. His campus tw- in 2025 looks different than many others because he recognized the value of bringing in technology. And not only bringing in technology, but bringing in innovative ideas and thoughts 
to serve students, right? So his center is the student. What he wants is a frictionless campus. He wants that Amazon experience where we don't really experience Amazon. Why? Amazon is frictionless. That's why we all go buy from Amazon, right? It's, it's an easy um, element of our experience. Well, he wants to build that. So he's already doing digital IDs. He's doing virtual assistants. We're working with him on a roadmap to 2025 at this stage. But they're already there because they understand that the value of what they're doing is to serve their students in a way that no other is doing. And I believe you will see him and his campus become a real change element in an example of what others should be doing. Yeah. And you take that and they're already looking for 2025 and probably beyond that, but you take Maryville and you then compare them to SLU. So if anyone doesn't know that out there, they're in each other's backyard, St. Louis University. They've got a big legal law platform over there. Boy, you know, SLU better catch up or, you know, see what's really going on because Maryville's in their backyard and they're going to at a price point that is going to be affordable and on a platform and where they're, who they're trying to serve, which is the student wants to be met. You guys are helping them get there faster, smarter. So it's, it's, um, so of course, Maryville is their competitor because it's in their, it's their backyard, but Southern New Hampshire is their competitor. Arizona State is their competitor. University of Arizona, who just acquired an online company, is their competitor. University of Purdue is their competitor because they have a global campus now. So as you notice, it isn't even the backyard. It is where who's reaching into your student body who you've been traditionally just coming to SLU, right? And that's what I think University of St. Louis will need to, to look at is who and how do we compete What's their why? Why do they go to St. Louis University, right? Those are the kind of discussions you have to compete. Until you know that, you're not going to compete against any of the schools I talked about because the other ones are serving the students in a way, in a digital setting, in a much more cost-effective way. You know, Dr. LeBlanc from Southern New Hampshire, he's not not necessarily going and saying, well, I'm going to go take University of St. Louis students away. No, he's actually bringing up students that are really just driving just a different discussion as you move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we're getting closer to the end here, but one of the things that I like to talk about is how do you create success? And I think there's a lot of things. Our, our solo shows uh, talk about the pillars of success and we, 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 we feed on a lot of what our guests such as yourself to build those solo shows. And I think there's a lot of things that it takes to be successful. Mentorship, uh, experimentation, partnerships, willingness to fail. And then the obvious one, which is your willingness to succeed with social media and just, you know, we're so afraid of sometimes talking about our successes. What do you feel it takes to get over the hump of being successful. So when someone fails to boast about their successes, the reality is you don't have to boast about your success. You have to boast about what you believe and why you're doing it. Everyone will see the successes because your narrative and what you're doing is easily being seen as you move forward. Beyond is is very, it's in its incubacy, infancy technically, right? And so we're incubating it now. We're very successful because we have clients who really want to transform. 
we have uh, a narrative that people are resonating to. You use the word partnership. Everyone wants to partner with us. Why? We're not telling you the same thing that everyone has been saying for the past 20 years. We're telling you, hey, work with us. So I'm reaching out to many innovative companies to say, let's create the narrative together so we all do very successful as we move forward. So I think partnership is, is an element. The why, understanding why you're doing it. If you are going to have a social you know, influence in what you're doing, talk about your accomplishments because it's not boasting. It's saying, this is my why and these are the things that I'm really doing. Like I'm going to put this on our, our, our podcast and, and our social media because I need people to recognize, hey, there's value in what we're saying and people want to hear the message. That's the first start of any success is do you have the message that the market wants to, to follow? And of course, come to beyond, uh, beyondacademics.com or find me on LinkedIn. And, and we would love to, to have more narratives, whether in higher ed or even if partners that want to come into higher ed, we're willing to work with you. We, we have a whole incubation part of our firm where Joe Abraham runs, where we're incubating new ideas inside of our group to allow universities and colleges to transform much better. So we're bringing outsiders in to really transform how higher ed really drives. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, if you're listening to this, actually, and you, you really, you're like, oh my gosh, like what Matt is saying is so is really resonating with what I want to accomplish, what I want to do, what my company's doing. Reach out to him. We've had a few conversations. I've been fortunate to have a few conversations with you. And we sat there and realized, hey, it might not be a partnership, but there could be a synergy once our platform and your platform are going because- we have similar ideas and our, our whys. And so I'm telling you, reach out to him if it, when you hear what he's saying. I absolutely believe that. So there's always new ideas brewing in times of prosperity. When times are good, everybody's winning. It's real easy to be a winner. But I think innovation and ingenuity come when we really feel the squeeze. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? So of course, you know, we're of course creating a whole new narrative. We're really driving on the messaging to market. What does a campus of 2025 look like? You'll start seeing that. You will start seeing us work globally. We're working in other regions to allow for, I would say, the creation and fostering of global educators and being able to educate. So we're working in India and, and so forth. And then of course, we're working with our institutions here where we use digital consulting in a much different way, much more cost-effective as you see it. So that, you know, in my old, old days in wearing other hats, my consulting dollar was really expensive, but because I'm using future of work, I'm using the new technologies, that I'm actually gonna allow for my consulting to become much more effective in the way that I consult universities. So I don't have the same dollar amounts that I'm requesting anymore, but I'm gonna have high impact consulting as we move forward. So you will see that in our um, ecosystem. Then of course, our learning platform, which we're partnering with uh, Learn Mobile on, is really driving us to bring and make knowledge accessible to everyone. Uh, of course, the educational marketplace will come from that. Our workshops will come from that. Our community will come from that. And I, and I showed it to you the other day. I'm a big believer. It's like Netflix, right? And if we can start creating it and I can start showcasing it to universities and colleges and say, hey, this is how you should start to educate. 
I, of course, am creating a future of work course. I'd love for anyone that wants to take it to reach out to me to think about future of work and how does that impact their own respective jobs or even where they want to go in the next few years. And those are the things that we'll be working on as we move forward. Sign me up for the future of work course. Will do. I'd love to be one of the, uh, you know, early adopters on that. So, all right, last one on there. What is a tip, tactic, or actionable item that if someone listening to this took, you know, and implemented in their personal or business life over the next 30, 60, 90 days, they could see real results? You know, because I wear this future of work hat, I would, I always say, look around you. Look at the innovations around you, whether you're walking into Starbucks and there's location intelligence that, you know, is identifying you as the person there, as well as, you know, what does that person need? What are the things that you can do around the innovations that you are seeing on your iPhone that you can start to innovate within your own workspace, within your own efficiency around your own, you know, personal life? I'm always looking at like, oh my God, how do I better myself using the innovations that are already there? And I believe if you wear that future of work hat, and when I say future work, it's what are the innovations that are happening and how do I transform my own work? Even like I just explained that whole consulting model. The reason that my whole digital consulting model is different is because I'm already innovating using online collaboration tools. I'm using channel communication. I'm using remote consulting models that allow for us to do much more effective things. So I would say to your audience, look at what's already happening around you and use those innovations to start to really foster what you want to do, maybe make it more productive in what you do, and then also find where you have passions that will allow for you to take those innovations and then drive that uh, towards a, you know, a time where you're just being able to uh, change the way that your world is. And that's an important piece. Yeah, that is. Uh, we've got Matt Alex, the founder of Beyond Academics. I, I've been looking forward to this conversation and even more so once I was able to see the platform you guys are building and how you want to change the world. And I don't use that term lightly. You are, you're literally wanting to change the world. And, and as I call it, there's the pebble in the pond theory, which I believe is what this podcast is. But what you and I want to do, you know, in, in similar-esque spaces is take the mountain into the ocean sure. and actually leave a legacy that helps make a lasting effect on, on society. So Matt, I appreciate your time. Thank you. And I look forward to listening to this one again. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.